Today is Wednesday, August 4th. The title for our devotional is Walking on Water. For the remainder of this week, we are exploring how Jesus loved the disciples through his interactions with Peter. Remember, Jesus told them to love one another as he loved them. So his life and love becomes the standards by which disciples of Christ are to love one another within the church. So if we are to love one another the way Jesus loved his disciples, we must see how he loved his disciples. Matthew 14, 22 to 33 uh, documents an important uh, event in the life of Peter and his interactions with Jesus. It says this, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The primary point of this story is obviously the confession of faith in verse 33, where they all say, Truly you are the Son of God. After walking on water, calming the storm, and saving Peter, it's obvious that Jesus does what only God can do in controlling nature. Yet, in telling this story, we see how Jesus loved Peter, at least a glimpse of it. He saves him in spite of his failure and lack of faith. Jesus' rebuke is gentle, like he would rebuke a child. Jesus is just so good and so kind. My rebuke in this moment would be much more harsh, like, Dude, what's wrong with you? You were doing it. How many more times do I have to calm a storm for you to trust me, as Jesus did a few chapters prior in Matthew 8? How many more dead people do I have to raise, as he did in Matthew 9? How many more miracles must I perform before you will trust me? Jesus had to get frustrated with their lack of faith, yet he sticks with them. He continues to love them, teach them, and show them that he is the Messiah in spite of his disappointment in their slow progress. In another instance, Jesus is much more harsh in his rebuke of Peter, which we also learn how he loves him in this rebuke. Matthew 16, 21 to 23 says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. He said, This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Ouch, right? We turn to this rebuke for a couple of reasons. First, Jesus loved the disciples, and that love did not preclude rebuke. As we have already noted, love in the Christian sense does not equal our cultural definition of tolerance, Sacred love is always moral. 
So Jesus had no problem calling his followers or his disciples to his way and to truth, and at times that meant rebuking them. Secondly, we turn here to see that Peter had developed a type of relationship with Jesus in which Jesus could call him Satan, and Peter still stuck with him. Imagine how Peter probably wanted to respond and how this would play out if it were a movie today. Peter's response would probably go something like, dude, I don't need this. I've been following you around for how long now? And I left everything to follow you. And you have the audacity to call me Satan? I'm out, man. Peace. And then Peter would go back to his boat. And after a few days of fishing, this were a movie, he'd probably have a moment and realize that he misses Jesus and come back. But he doesn't do any of that. I'm sure Peter was offended, uh, but we have no record, at least, of this type of reaction. He continued to follow Jesus, and, and he continued to allow Jesus to minister to him. In fact, in this very next section of Matthew, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain where he's transfigured before them, revealing to them a greater glimpse of his glory. So if we are to love one another like Jesus loves his disciples, our love must be a moral love. In this type of relationship, we can lovingly rebuke one another and call one another to greater Christ-likeness. It is a relationship in which we don't give up on one another in spite of our disappointments in each other and our many failings. Reflection time today. Reflect on your view of church and the relationships that you have there. In your view of church as a school of love, is there room for correction? Do you have relationships where you have given others permission to correct your behavior and your thinking according to scripture and the words of Jesus? If in reflecting on this, you come to realize that you don't have these relationships, spend some time thinking on who is a trustworthy person that you can invite to speak into your life on a deeper level.